Hello, this is Christopher from Defeat Modernism, and welcome to part three of St. John Jude on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, for those of you who might be catching this video for the first time or this series for the first time, I'll put a link in the description box to part one. I certainly want to start there. I'll also put a link to the PDF file for the book for those that just want to read it on their own or if it's clearer to follow along that way. I'm going to be starting here with chapter 12 of his work. And uh, please remember to hit the like and subscribe buttons and, and please pass this on in honor of our Lord's Feast Day of the Sacred Heart coming up this Friday. And now on to chapter 12. Beautiful words on the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, taken from the 36th chapter of Christian Welfare. Those who have written on the devotion to Jesus incarnate, living and dying, for the salvation of all men, esteem it above all others, and assuredly with good reason. No matter what has already been said and might be said to demonstrate the excellence and the holiness of such devotion, it will never be praised according to its merits. Therefore, if you desire to be completely washed of your sins, delivered from all your vices, and filled with virtue, cultivate a constant devotion to the person of your adorable Savior. Lift up your heart and mind as often as possible and plunge them into the loving heart of Jesus, into that truly divine heart, since, according to the Apostle, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead corporally. And we are all able through his same heart to have access to the Heavenly Father. Acquire the habit of recollecting your spirit within you, to draw it at the same time into the heart of him who has said, Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. In fact, in the heart of Jesus are to be found all virtues in their highest perfection. You will find there mercy, justice, peace, grace, eternal salvation, the source of life, perfect consolation, and that true light which lighteneth every man particularly him who, in his needs and sorrows, comes there seeking help. Finally, you may draw from the Sacred Heart all that your soul desires, and you will never win salvation or grace except from that source. It is a furnace of divine love, intensely burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost, which purifies, inflames, and transforms into itself all those desiring to be united with this most loving heart. It is in the adorable heart that are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Therefore, cling to it in such a manner that neither place nor company nor circumstance can prevent you from running to it as to a place of refuge where you will find only love and faithfulness, with the certainty that when all the hearts of men deceive and forsake you, and even though they fail in their response to you, the precious heart of Jesus will never deceive nor abandon you. It is too faithful to commit an act of cowardice. It has too much love for you not to remember you. And the sufferings it endured for you will not permit it to overlook anything to achieve your salvation. If you wish to walk with safety in the heavenly way and enter by the true door, seek none other than this loving Savior. 
rest assured that you will never ascend to the knowledge of his divinity except by way of his sacred humanity, using his cross as a prop to uphold your steps and sustain your weakness. If you wish to acquire even greater spiritual possessions without much effort on your part, surrender yourself entirely to him and he will surrender himself to you. Offer him all your good works in union with his excellence. Enter into partnership with him in loving trust. He will be pleased with the exchange. In uniting your merits to his, you will have everything in common, and he will share with you his immense treasures. O profitable exchange! O unparalleled exchange! What man would not willingly give a small piece of copper for a large mass of gold? Who would not exchange a pebble for a precious stone? You will be able to effect this spiritual exchange if you join all your words, all your actions, all your thoughts, and all your sufferings to those of Jesus. Thus, for instance, you will be able to say to him, O my God and my Savior, I offer thee the slumber that I am about to take in union with that which thou didst take while upon earth. Or, when you receive some insult, say, O my adorable Savior, I offer thee this injury which I have just received, and I join it willingly to all the insults which thou hast suffered on my behalf. In this manner your merits, although very small in themselves, joined to the infinite merits of your Redeemer, will be made more noble and will be absorbed in His, and, as it were, changed into them, as a drop of water is transformed when it falls into wine. Chapter 13 Thoughts of the Seraphic St. Bonaventure on the Love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus The Seraphic Doctor, St. Bonaventure, aflame with the love of our Lord, says that the Divine Heart is the gate of paradise, the joy of the elect, the beatitude of the angels, the treasure of divine knowledge and of our eternal charity. The excessive love of that beloved Redeemer urged him to open his divine side, to give us his heart, and to make us dwell in its august sanctuary. Therefore, the saint declares that he wishes to make his dwelling place in the sacred heart, to find there his repose and his delight. Whereupon, he exclaims, Certainly, my Lord Jesus, even if thou shouldst hate me, I should still have to love thee, because thou art my God. How much more must I do so, seeing that thou dost love me so, and dost pursue me to heap upon me thy benefits? Thou hast such love for me, that it would seem that thou dost hate thyself out of consideration for me. Didst thou not consent, thou judge of the universe, to be judged and to suffer a most infamous and cruel death for love of me? O my God, what more couldst thou have done for me? Certainly, Thou dost wish me to be surrendered unto thee, since thou hast given thyself up to me. What constrain thee to the sacrifice, O my God? Only thy very great goodness and thy immense charity, in order to enkindle us with thy divine love. O sole desire of my heart, O sweetness and serenity of my mind, O flame in this brazier of my breast, O lightness and brightness of my eyes, O my soul, O my life, O inmost recesses of my heart, 
O my joy and jubilation, why am I not wholly transformed into love? Why is there anything in me but love? Thy love, O my Savior, surrounds me on all sides, and yet I know not what love means. O most sweet Jesus, how wonderful is thy love for men which will not suffer thee to be separated from them. Is it not that love which, before thou didst ascend into heaven, give us the power to retain thee, so long as we would, on our altars? Thou gavest us that power before going to meet death, so that we might not fear losing thee. Why didst thou wish to do so, since thou hadst the intent of sending us thy Holy Spirit? Why didst thou wish to abide always with man? Thou didst desire it to incorporate us in thee, and to nourish us with thy precious blood, so that being inebriated with thy love, we should have but one heart and one soul with thee. O wondrous and inestimable power of love! It causes God to come down to earth and raises man to heaven. It unites God and man so closely that it makes God man and man God. The temporal becomes eternal, the immortal becomes mortal, and the mortal is made immortal. It causes the enemy of God to become his friend and his slave to be adopted as his son. O love, what shall I render unto thee who hast made me all divine? I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. O love, thy virtue is indescribable. Thou who was transformest slime into God, what is more powerful than thou? What is more gentle? What is more pleasing? What more noble? O excellent love, that changest earth into heaven, and makest me to form but one with my beloved. O desirable love, that dost intoxicate celestial lovers with sovereign delights. O my soul, if the voice of thy beloved makes thee melt into love for him, why art thou not utterly inflamed and consumed when thou dost enter by the sacred wound of his side into the burning furnace of his loving heart? Chapter 14 Several wonderful things about the sacred heart of Jesus related in the life of Sister Margaret of the Blessed Sacrament, a Carmelite nun of Baum. The Son of God teaches that his members dwell in him and he in them, that he is the true Aaron who bears the name of his people, engraved in precious stones upon his breast, and carries them in the depths of his heart out of his abundant love for them. We must not be surprised that he revealed to Sister Margaret of Bonn that he had placed her in the sanctuary where he universally receives all his chosen ones. When he chose to elevate her more and more in his grace, he drew her into his sacred heart where all those who love him are to dwell everlastingly. He is a father to whom all his children are dearer than the apple of his eye, and he covers them under the shadow of his wings. His infinite charity for souls is pictured in countless ways, such as the beloved disciple resting against his heart at the Last Supper, and the repose of the blessed in Abraham's bosom. He is a shepherd, says the prophet, who carries his lambs in his arms, holding them close to his breast. Hence the favor shown to Sister Margaret when, wishing to make her share in his heavenly delights, he lifted her into ecstasy and took her into his heart. We have seen that God granted her holy conversation with the saints and angels and then raised her up to his throne in heaven. Then he brought her still higher 
and uniting her more closely to himself, he opened his own heart and hid her in its holy of holies. Thus he revealed his heart as a vast and boundless furnace of love, in which he enclosed her for days and nights. There were transfused so many graces at their source, that her progress and perfection seemed greater in a single day than it had ever been for whole years at a stretch. That divine heart, searing like a hot fire, consumed her imperfections. She was plunged into the abyss of charity, so ardent that the heat issued forth and was felt outside of her body. The love of Jesus carried her away with such impetuosity that she was seen raised above the earth, fair and shining as a seraph. At times, she was bathed with love as in a fountain of sanctity. At other times, she appeared to be tinged with innocence itself and was fragrant with purity. She noted the twofold movement of dilation and compression of the heart of Jesus experienced by other saints and understood that the sacred heart contracted as if to encompass the Holy Spirit, to love its divine Father in his own name, to offer itself to him as sacrifice, to humble itself before his majesty, to enter into his divine life, to unite itself to his adorable perfections, and to render him all due homage. She understood that the sacred heart expanded to shed abroad its spirit in all his members and to communicate to his mystical body, the church, all the power of its vital warmth. She sensed in that loving heart an endless, shoreless ocean of love for God his Father, a possession and an enjoyment of his divine goodness, a repose in his infinite bliss, a calm and peace passing all understanding, an incomprehensible treasure of all the virtues, which shone forth in a beauty, a nobleness, an expanse, and a splendor so great and inexplicable that there was enough to fill an infinite number of worlds thousands and thousands of times more vast than our planet. Nevertheless, Amid so much wealth and happiness, she saw that the divine heart had been submerged, as it were, in the very depths of pain and bitterness. It had been stricken down, heavy with sadness, on account of the sins of men whose gall and venom it had been obliged to taste. Unless it had been sustained by the uncreated word, it would have succumbed under the weight of our crimes." Despite the throbbings and the swoons occasioned by the constant horror of our sins, with all the struggles it had endured against the pains of death, she recognized in that most gracious heart an unutterable transport of love for those who had caused it so many evils. As he fought against the apprehension of death, the strength and generosity of his love repulsed the spirits and the humors, which had drawn towards the center of his body and caused it to break out in a sweat of blood. She saw that wondrous heart as a sacred palace, where were born and nourished all the affections of the Savior, his desires, his loyalties, his joys, and his sorrows. But among all those inexhaustible treasures of virtue and holiness, it was chiefly in the love, purity of heart, and innocence that she was allowed to share. Her lower faculties had been so consumed by the possession that God was assuming over her daily more and more, that she took little nourishment. She found in the sacred heart of Jesus a supernatural substitute, which sustained her without eating and restored her strength more nobly than vital forces would have done. 
Sometimes it seemed to her that there flowed from that heart through her whole body a sacred liquid, now in the form of very sweet oil, now like purest milk, now like a balm filled with celestial fragrance, now like a pleasant manna fortifying not only body but producing marvelous effects in her soul as well. Worldly-minded people are far from understanding how a girl dwelling on earth could be hidden in the heart of the Savior. But the children of light, who feed on the life of the Spirit, will readily conceive that it was not a transport of the body, but only of the soul, and that her access to his heart was a loving plan to associate her more closely with his innocence and his other virtues. Although the Son of God does not grant such special graces to every soul, it is conceivable nevertheless that there are many who, in the dark night of faith, enter as truly into his heart and his affections as several saints who have been granted the luminous entrance perceptible to the intellect. Each of us has to raise himself humbly by the ordinary way of the church, which is the way of faith. When we seek to love or adore God, to acquire a real sorrow for our sins, to sacrifice ourselves to the Eternal Father, we have no better way than to enter in spirit into the heart of the Son of God. We must clothe ourselves with his holy dispositions, loving God in him and with him, detesting sin as he detests it, and uniting ourselves by faith with his perpetual sacrifice. The author of the life of Sister Margaret of Bonn reports all the above details and enlarges on other points, which I omit, because I wish to set forth only those that chiefly concern the adorable heart of our Savior. To him be infinite our honor, praise, and glory for all the graces, favors, and blessings which his most benign and most generous heart has dispensed and will dispense on earth and in heaven in all hearts that love and shall love him forever. Chapter 15. A pious and loving exercise on the sorrows of the heart of Jesus and of the holy heart of his blessed mother. O good Jesus, lamb without spot, who did suffer so many torments on thy cross, while beholding the virgin heart of thy dearest mother plunged into an ocean of sorrows, teach me, I beg thee, to accompany thee in thy sufferings and to feel thy affections. What a sorrowful sight to see those two hearts of Jesus and Mary, two hearts so holy, so innocent, so full of graces and perfections, so enkindled with divine love, so closely united to each other, and so compassionate towards each other. The holy heart of the mother of Jesus feels most keenly the terrible torments of her son. The only son of Mary is wholly convulsed by the incomparable sufferings of his mother. Jesus, the innocent lamb, and Mary, his immaculate mother, call to each other. The one weeps for the other, receiving no consolation. And the purer and more ardent their mutual love is, the more their sorrows penetrate and pierce. O heart of stone, why dost thou not melt with sorrow and tears, seeing that thou art the cause of the unutterable sorrows of that spotless mother and that most gentle lamb of God? What have they done to suffer so many afflictions? O wretched sinner, it is you and your abominable sins that are the executioners of those most holy and innocent hearts. O hearts most kind, pardon me and exercise upon me the vengeance which I deserve. Since creatures obey you, 
Command them all to punish me as I deserve. Send me your sorrows and sufferings, so that, as I have been the cause of them, I may succor you in your weeping and pain. O Jesus, love of my heart, O Mary, consolation of my soul, perfect image of thy Son, stamp upon my heart a great aversion to the pleasures of this life, which thou hast spent in suffering. I am thine, belonging to thy house and thy service, although I am unworthy. Let me take no pleasure in this world except where thou dost find it. Grant that I may always bear thy sorrows in my soul, putting my glory and delight in being crucified with Jesus and Mary. O most holy virgin, how are all thy joys changed into sorrows? If they had been like those of the world, it would have been fitting that they should have suffered these changes. But, O queen of angels, thou hast never taken pleasure except in divine things. God alone possessed thy heart, and nothing was able to satisfy thee, but what proceeded from him and led to him. Thou hast had the joy of seeing thyself a mother, the mother of God, of bearing him in thy sacred womb, of seeing him resting on thy sacred bosom, of waiting on him with thy most pure hands, of offering him in the temple to his eternal father, and of seeing him recognized and adored by Simeon the just and holy Anna the prophetess. All thy satisfactions throughout the thirty years of thy life with him were divine, inward, and spiritual. They were the jubilant, spiritual, and interior delights with which thy most holy soul, enkindled with love for Jesus, thy Son and thy God, was raised and transported into his divine majesty. Thy holy heart, transformed and united to him, received therefrom favors greater than all the ranks of heaven, since thy love exceeded that of all the seraphim. O Lady and Queen of Angels, what can one find in satisfaction so pure and holy, in joys so spiritual and heavenly, that could turn into sorrows? Can it be that the wretchedness and the servitude of the poor children of Eve, exiled and banished from paradise, in whose sin thou hast never had part, have reached even to thee? Hath that exile then not yet ceased to be for thee a land of sorrows and a valley of tears? O poor sinner, who would persuade yourself to find pleasure in this life, which is only false and deceitful pleasures. Behold the sufferings of the King and Queen of Heaven, and perish with confusion at the sight of your own disordered life and your aversion for crosses. The whole life of Jesus, who is innocence itself, is one continual suffering. The whole life of Mary, who is all holy and immaculate, is a perpetual cross. And you, wretched sinner, deserving hell a thousand times over, you seek pleasure and comfort. O Queen of Angels, in all the years of the hidden life with thy son Jesus, thou didst await the sorrows which were prophesied by holy Simeon, sorrows without parallel, since the magnitude of thy love was the measure of thy sorrow. When the time of the passion of that loving Savior had come, he took leave of thee to go forth to suffer, letting thee know that it was the will of his Father that thou should accompany him to the foot of the cross, and that thy heart should be pierced with the sword of sorrow. St. John gave thee the warning when he saw the time come for the divine Lamb to be sacrificed. Thou didst leave thy house to bathe Jerusalem's streets with thy tears. Thou didst find thy son in the midst of an innumerable pack of human wolves and lions, howling and roaring at him, 
shouting like madmen, Tole, Tole, Crucifige, Crucifige, Away, Away, Crucify, Crucify. Thou didst see him, now no longer adored by kings, but held up to the people as a false king, blasphemed, dishonored, condemned to death, shouldering his cross, led to Calvary, whither thou didst follow him, bathed in thy tears and overwhelmed with sorrow. Thou didst hear the blows of the hammer as he was being fastened to the cross. They pierced thy heart. Thou didst suffer unspeakable tortures, awaiting that dire hour of the crucifixion. Thou didst see him lifted up, while so many shouts and blasphemies were hurled at him by the evil tongues of the Jews, that thy blood congealed in thy veins. Thou didst spend these sad hours at the foot of the cross, hearing the awful insults heaped by these wretches upon thy lamb, and seeing the frightful tortures which they made him suffer, until at last thou didst see him expire under such obloquy and suffering. Whereupon they restored him to thy loving arms, that thou mightest wrap his body in a shroud and bury him. And, just as thou hadst given him at birth the first attentions, thou mightst now perform for him the last rites. But with sorrow so heavy and anguish so sharp and desolation so penetrating to thy mother's heart, that if we are to comprehend anything of them, we should have first to comprehend the degree of thy well-nigh infinite love for thy son. And things distress thee. Wherever thou didst turn, thou didst see only reasons for sorrow and tears. Thy mother's heart was rent the more with wounds bleeding and innumerable, because thy dear Jesus was also being wounded in heart and body. It is true that thy faith was not diminished, and that thy obedience kept thy heart perfectly resigned to the divine will. But thou didst not cease to suffer inconceivable pain, even as thy beloved Son, in spite of his most perfect submission to all the commands of his divine Father. Lastly, no heart with a lesser love than thine will ever be able to comprehend what thou didst suffer at that time. When thy faithful servants and thy true friends consider these things, they will give way to tears and are filled up with sorrow at seeing thy divine consolations changed into cruel sufferings. Thy most holy innocence falling prey to such inhuman sorrows. If they could only be torn asunder and consumed to console thee, most willingly would they suffer it. What a martyrdom of blood for the heart of thy divine Lamb, the only Son of God and thy Son. And seeing so clearly all the sorrows penetrating thy heart, the desolation in which thou art, the anguish necessarily caused by thy absence, and the fact that thou canst neither speak to him nor he to thee, because no words can be found capable of appeasing such great sorrows. O Father of mercies and God of all consolation, what are those two hearts that thou art keeping thus crucified? Why dost thou not succor thy only son and thy loving daughter? Why dost thou not break the law that thou hast made, that one shall not sacrifice in the same day on thy altar the lamb and its mother? And yet here, in one day and the same day, at the selfsame hour, on the same cross and with the same nails, thou dost keep fastened the only son of sorrowing Mary and the virgin heart of his most innocent mother. Can it be that thou dost care for the dumb animals, unwilling that the mothers should be sacrificed on the day they suffer the loss of their lambs, more than thou dost for the, this most pure virgin, grieving over the sorrows and the death of her divine lamb?
Thou dost will that she should have no other executioner of her martyrdom than her tender love for her only son? Nevertheless, in the midst of such cruel tortures, the sight of the sufferings of his most worthy mother were known to her beloved son, even as he filled the cup of her affliction and torture. Immortal praise and blessing, O my God, for the incomprehensible love that thou hast for sinners. Thanksgiving, infinite and eternal, for all the works of that divine love. O Jesus, only Son of God, only Son of Mary, divine light of my soul, I beseech thee, for the infinite love thou hast for me, to enlighten my mind with thy holy truths, to drive from my heart the desire for the consolations of this life, and to instill into it the desire to suffer for the love of thee. Thy love was the cause of thy torments. Thy love for thy holy mother and her love for thee were for her the source of a torrent of tribulations. How great my blindness when I fancy I can please thee by walking in any other way. How long, O love, shall I be thus blinded and deceived? How long shall this earthly man refuse to enter into thy divine plans? Why do I want life if not to employ it for thee, as did thy most holy mother, since thou hast given thy life for me on the cross? What more vivid enlightenment do I desire or need? O divine wisdom, let thy heavenly light everywhere be my guide. Let the strength of thy love possess me utterly and work in my soul the transformation it operates in hearts obedient to it. I surrender myself. I offer myself. I give myself all to thee. May it be with a heart pure and entire, O Lord. Take from me the pleasure I find in earthly things, that I may find my pleasure only in loving thee and suffering with thee. O God of my heart, I adore thee and render thee infinite thanks for turning to my advantage those sufferings which thou endorsed in being confronted with those of thy holy mother giving her to me as lady and mother, and showing that thou lovest me so much that thou desirest her to love me as her son in place of thee. As my heavenly mother, she will have compassion on me in my need and will succor me, help me, protect, keep, and govern me as her child. Perhaps thou hast not found, O my Redeemer, any greater consolation for thy most holy mother than to give her evil and sinful children to thyself, that she may use her power and charity to obtain their conversion and salvation. Blessed and praised be thou forever, that thou hast willed that nothing should perish, but that all things should be used to cure my ills and to shower me with true blessings. Therefore, O good physician, do not allow me in the midst of such great remedies to remain without relief. Receive me as thine own, and make me a worthy servant and a faithful child of this great queen and kindly mother. O most holy mother of God, remember that the pains which thou didst not suffer in the virgin birth of thy only son, thou now dost suffer doubly at the foot of the cross, in the spiritual birth whereby all sinners become thy children. I have cost thee so much. Receive me as thy son. I am infinitely unworthy of it. Perform for me, O most holy virgin, the office of mother, protecting me, succoring me, and guiding me in all things, and obtaining for me the grace of thy Son, so that I, worthless and miserable child, may not be lost. O citizens of heaven, 
Blessed and holy fruit of the spiritual maternity and the mother's heart of this most pure virgin. Pray that she will always be a most kind mother to me and obtain for me from Jesus faithfully to serve and love the son and the mother in this world and to be recognized among those who shall bless and love them eternally in the other. Amen. Chapter 16. Exercises of Love and Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus from Theretra Divini Amoris Quiver of Divine Love by Lasperengius the Carthusian Arouse and stimulate in your soul the devotion to the most gentle heart of Jesus, that heart entirely filled with love and mercy for you. Seek out the divine heart frequently with deep fervor and devotion, embracing it in spirit with a kiss of reverence and affection and making it your dwelling place. Ask God Almighty through the sacred heart everything you seek to ask. Offer to the divine majesty all your devotional exercises through the sacred heart, which encloses all the graces and gifts of heaven. It is the door through which you must go to God and God will come to you. To encourage yourself in this practice and to benefit by it in stirring up true love for God, you should set up in a prominent place in your house a picture or statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Whenever you look at it, remember your exile, your misery, and your sins. Whenever you pass it, raise your heart to God. Even though you may speak no words, let your soul cry out. If you find that words are helpful, say a prayer that your heart be purified and your will perfectly united to the divine heart and the will of God. If it helps your devotion, take the picture and kiss it reverently, directing your homage to the real heart. Earnestly desire to imprint the real image of his heart upon your own, surrendering your own mind and letting your heart draw itself into the spirit, grace, and holiness of the vast abyss of virtue and sanctity, abounding in the sacred heart. It is very pleasing to God for you to give special honor to the adorable heart. Have recourse to the most kind heart of Jesus in all your necessities, and you shall receive all the consolation and help you need. Even if all men should deceive and forsake you, do not be discouraged. Abide in peace for the sacred heart, so good, so faithful, so loving, can never deceive you and will never forsake you. Prayer. O most noble, most merciful, most gentle heart of my faithful lover, of my God and Savior, Jesus Christ, I beseech thee to draw me to thyself and absorb my heart, all my powers, to thy greater glory and for the accomplishment of thy most holy will. O Jesus, most merciful Lord, I commend myself to thy divine heart. I resign myself and abandon myself entirely into thy hands. I beg thee also, O most gracious God, to take away this wicked heart, this impious and thankless heart, and to give me thy sacred heart. Let my heart be according to thy heart and according to thy holy will. O my Lord God, my Savior and my Redeemer, take away all my sins and destroy in me everything displeasing to thee. Pour from thy heart into mine whatever will please thee most. Holy convert me and take full possession of everything within me, to use it according to thy good pleasure and for thine own sake. Unite my heart with thine, my will with thy will. 
so that I may never will and may never be able to will anything or any other way than thou willest and with thou willest. O sweet Jesus, O my God, let me love thee with all my heart in all things and above all things. Another prayer. O my most loving Jesus, dearest spouse of my soul, I conjure thee by the sacred heart pierced by a lance and rent by love. Pierce, wound, break, enkindle, and inflame my heart from that great brazier of love burning in thy heart, so that I may love thee with all my heart, that is, with the whole gamut of my desires and with a perfect will that shall consider only thee, seek only thee, and only aspire to thee, loving thee in all things and above all things. Prayer to the Sacred Wound in the Side of Jesus, drawn from the Rosary of Our Lord's Passion by Lansperigius. O most loving and gentle Jesus, I desire with all the affections of my heart that all beings created and uncreated should praise thee, honor thee, and glorify thee eternally for that sacred wound wherewith thy divine side was rent. I deposit, enclose, conceal in that wound and in that opening to thy heart, my heart and all my feelings, thoughts, desires, intentions, and all the faculties of my soul. I entreat thee by the precious blood and water that flowed from thy most loving heart to take entire possession of me, that thou mayest guide me in all things. Consume me in the burning fire of thy holy love, so that I may be so absorbed and transformed into thee, that I may be no longer but one with thee. Another prayer. O most loving and kind Father, in satisfaction for all my sins and for those of the whole world, and in reparation for my sloth, my tepidity, my neglect, and my disordered love, I offer thee that sacred wound in the heart of thy Son, the blood and the water which flowed therefrom, and the boundless love wherewith he didst love thee. I beseech thee that thou wouldst pour from that sacred wound into my soul a love most pure, most intense, most perfect, and eternal, wherewith I may love thee with all my heart and bless thee in all things and above all things. Grant that I may think of thee only, that I may seek thee only, that I be attached to thee only, wish to please thee only, and that I may wholly employ all the faculties of my body and soul to love and glorify thee. Chapter 17. Another exercise to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, taken from St. Gertrude's exercises on preparing for death. O love, thy flaming divine fire hath won me access to the beneficent heart of my Jesus. O heart overflowing with sweetness, O heart filled with piety, O heart surging with charity, O heart distilling sweetness itself, O heart full of mercy, let me die of love in return for thy love. O heart of Jesus, my beloved, bury my poor heart in thy treasure house. O costly pearl of my heart, summon me to thy life-giving banquet. And although I am most unworthy, let me drink of the wine of thy consolation, so that thy divine charity may fill up my deficiency and the abundance of thy love may compensate for my lukewarmness and sloth. O precious love, how ardently I desire thee now to offer up for me that divine heart, that delightful fragrance, that incense of sweet savor, that august sacrifice. 
on the golden altar where the mystery of the reconciliation of the human race was accomplished, offering it in satisfaction for all the days of my life which I have let slip by without doing what I ought to have done for thy love. O love, plunge my mind deep into that sacred heart as into a river, burying all my negligences and all my sins in the flood of thy divine mercies. Let me find in the heart of Jesus my understanding clarified, my affections purified, and let me have a heart free, detached and empty of all imperfections, so that when love shall separate my soul and body at the hour of death, I may return my heart stainless to the hands of God. O all-loving heart, whom I love above all things, thou art the one whom my heart entreats with all its affections. Be mindful of me, I beg thee. And may the sweetness of thy charity restore and strengthen the weakness of my heart. O thou eternal sweetness of my soul, O thou beloved of my heart, whose holy face is full of charm and grace, whose heart is so filled with sweetness as to make thee infinitely lovable. Must my thoughts wander from thee? O God of my heart, gather up into thyself all the disorders of my mind. O my beloved, wash thou and wipe away by the purity and the holiness of thy divine affection and by the burning love of thy pierced heart, all the stains of my guilty heart and all the disorders of my imagination, so that thy most bitter passion may serve me as a sheltering defense at the hour of my death, and that gentle heart, broken for love of me, may be my eternal abode, since I love thee alone more than all creatures in the world. Chapter 18, Colloquy of a Holy Soul in Solitude with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O Lord, how delectable is the odor of thy fragrance! It is my hope that henceforth its sweet delight will make me entirely forget the false pleasures and the vain delights of the world. May thy sweetness draw me after thee, and in thee, so that, having abandoned all that binds me to earth, I shall follow thee, run to thee, flee to thee, and take up my abode in thy loving heart. That divine heart is a port of safety, where the soul is sheltered from the winds and storms of the sea of this world. In that adorable heart, there is a calm which fears neither thunder nor storm. Therein one tastes delight that knows no bitterness. One finds a peace that never brooks any trouble or discord. There one meets with a joy that knows no sadness. In that heart, one possesses perfect felicity, a gentle charm, an unclouded serenity, and happiness unthinkable. That heart is the first principle of all good and the initial source of all the joys and delights of paradise. Most sweet Jesus, from thy divine heart, as from the inexhaustible source, all felicity, all sweetness, serenity, security, repose, peace, joy, contentment, charm, and happiness flow into the hearts of the children of God. What good can there be, or how can there be any good thing that does not proceed from thee, my Jesus, who art essentially good, the real good, the sovereign good? the only good. What a joy to drink from this divine spring, 
What happiness to be refreshed by the delicious waters of this fountain of holiness, which issues forth from itself like a torrent of delight and contentment. Ah, delight a thousand times is the fragrant perfume of thy heavenly virtues, whose fragrance is so delectable as to entice all men to thy loving heart. It invites them. It strongly attracts them and leads them into the sanctuary of that divine heart. It never disappoints their hopes. On the contrary, it so fortifies and comforts them that they will never again depart, having founded that most kindly heart as on a bed of repose the end of their toils. O thou God of love, let the sweet fragrance of thy divine perfumes, which are the wonderful virtues of thy holy heart, flow abundantly into the depths of my heart. Let that fragrance penetrate all the faculties of my soul, O one and only source of all happiness, so that being enticed by the sweetness emanating from thee, it may become detached from self and perfectly united to thee, that it may make its abode in thy loving heart, there to die to itself and no longer to live, but in thee and for thee. Chapter 19. Forty flames or aspirations of love offered to the loving heart of Jesus. Number one. O wondrous heart of my Jesus, what joy it gives me to behold in thee all the grandeur, all the riches and wonders of all beings created and uncreated. Number two, O divine heart, first object of the eternal Father's love, as well as of thine own, I give myself to thee to be plunged deep into the abyss of that love forever. Number three, O adorable heart of the only Son of Mary, my heart is filled with joy to see that thou hast more love for that blessed virgin than for all created things, and that her love for thee is greater than for all created things together. I give my whole heart to that mutual love of son and mother. Number four. O most loving heart of my Savior, I offer thee all that love which rises to thee like a flame from the hearts of the divine beloved, begging them to kindle my heart with theirs. Number five. O Jesus, lawful King and Lord of all hearts, be thou the King of my heart, and let me be naught but heart and love towards thee, as thou art to me, naught but a heart of love. Number six, O Jesus, most good, whither shall I flee from thy justice unless thou hide me in thy heart? Number seven, O wonderful heart, thou source of my life, let me live only in thee and by thee. Number eight, O most loving heart, how dearly have I cost thee, seeing thou hast bought me with the last drop of thy blood. How my heart would rejoice to give thee its last drop. Number nine. O heart most good, thou hast laden me with graces and favors. Let all my heartbeats be so many acts of love and praise of thee. Number ten. O most gentle heart, thou hast always loved me. Let my heart not have a breath of life except to love thee. Number eleven. O most charitable heart, who has died to give me life. Let me live with thy life and die by thy death for love of thee. Number 12. O Jesus, thy heart is aflame with most pure love for me. Let me also love thee, not for any temporal or eternal interest, but purely and solely for love of thee. Number 13. O my Jesus, thy divine Father hath put all things in thy hands, 
and thy love holds them ever open to give me all. May all that I have and all that I am be also entirely thine forever. Number 14. O God of my heart, may the love which caused thee to die for me make me also die for love of thee. Number 15. O heart so great, what is there greater than thou? Who shall tell me that there is aught either on earth or in heaven than that to which I have given my heart? Number 16. O heart of Jesus, it is thou who has given me Jesus to be my treasure, my glory, my life, my all. Let me also be all to him. Number 17. O only Son of God, how is it possible, being the son of so good a father, that thou didst will to have so wicked a brother as I, who have so grievously offended thy most loving father? Number 18. O heart full of wisdom and light, thinking of me and all the infinitesimal things that concern me. Let my mind and my heart be also equally attached to thee, and let me serve thee faithfully in the smallest as well as in the greatest things. Number 19. O heart most mighty, employ thy divine power to destroy in my heart all that offends thee. Number 20. O heart so great, loving me everywhere in thy omnipresence, let me also love thee everywhere and in all things. Number 21. O heart most faithful in thy love, who lovest thy friends in adversity more than in prosperity, make me love thee more in times of affliction than of consolation. Number 22. O heart of the king of the lowly, venerable abyss of humility, crush in me everything that is contrary to that holy virtue, and make it rule absolutely in my heart. Number 23. O heart most obedient, who has preferred to lose thy life rather than disobey, make me love obedience, for without it I cannot please Almighty God. Number 24. O heart infinitely purer than the hearts of the angels, the source of all purity, imprint on my heart a very special love of purity and a vivid horror of all that is contrary to it. Number 25, O heart and furnace of flaming charity, destroy and consume in us all that is, that is opposed to divine charity, and make it rule in all the children of God. Number 26, O divine heart, who could fathom the infinite hatred thou hast for sin? Imprint it upon our hearts, and make us hate nothing in the world but that infernal monster, which is the sole object of thy hate. Number 27. O Father of Jesus, love thy Son Jesus for me. Make me share in that love thou bearest him. Number 28. O Jesus, love thy divine Father for me, and enkindle my heart with the love thou hast for him. Number 29. O adorable Spirit, who art all love and charity, do thou love my most gracious Father and my most loving Jesus for me and transform my whole heart into love for them. Number 30. O Jesus, only Son of God and only Son of Mary, love thy divine mother for me, and enkindle my heart with thy wondrous love for her. Number 31. O Mother of Love, do thou love thy Jesus and my Jesus for me, and make me share in the love thou hast for him. Number 32. O Blessed St. Joseph, St. Gabriel, 
Saint Joachim, Saint Anne, Saint John the Baptist, Saint John the Evangelist, Saint Lazarus, Saint Mary Magdalene, Saint Martha, all ye holy apostles and disciples of Jesus, all ye holy martyrs, all ye holy priests and Levites, all ye holy virgins and all ye other saints, especially ye beloved of the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Do ye love Jesus and Mary for me, and pray them to model me after their example, and to number me among the children of their heart, and to associate me in your love for them forever and ever. Number uh, 33. O my Jesus, since thy Father had given me all in giving me thee, all the hearts of the universe belong to me. Therefore, I include them all in the desire to love thee with all the love of which they were capable when, they, when thou didst create them to love thee. Number 34. O my Jesus, hast thou not said that thou didst come to cast fire upon the earth and that thou hast no greater desire than to kindle our hearts? How is it then that the whole earth is full of hearts like ice? Sin is the sole cause of man's frigid soul. O cursed sin, how gladly would I be reduced to nothingness that you might be annihilated in every soul. Number 35. O heart of my Jesus, great furnace of love, send thy sacred flames into all hearts of the universe to enlighten them with heavenly fire and enkindle them with thy divine sparks. Number 36. O good Jesus, who has so loved the cross for love of me, that thy Holy Spirit calls the day of thy great sufferings the day of thy heart's joy. Make me love and embrace with my whole heart all the crosses that are in store for me, out of love for my most precious crucified. Number 37. O most loving hearts of Jesus and Mary, who are but one heart in the unity of mind, will, and affection, make your most unworthy child have but one heart with you and with all hearts that are yours. Number 38, O heart of Jesus, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, hath given thee to me, and thou art really my heart. Do thou love for me everything that I should love, and in the way that my God wills that I should love it. Number 39, O heart of Jesus and Mary, inestimable treasure of manifold good, be my one treasure, my refuge, and my protection. To you I have recourse in all my needs and necessities. When the hearts of all men deceive and abandon me, I have full confidence that the most precious and faithful heart of my loving Jesus and of his most sweet mother will not deceive me and never will abandon me. Number 40. Attend and hear, O vast furnace of love. I, it is but a tiny straw, asking most humbly and earnestly to be immersed, absorbed, lost, swallowed up, and consumed in thy sacred flames forever and ever. And here ends part three of this series. I'll release part four on the vigil of the feast, uh, which will have meditations that St. John you had created for the vigil of the feast and then for the feast itself. Uh, So that'll be released on Thursday, uh, either late afternoon or early evening um, with those those meditations and prayers. And again, 
I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, please remember to keep me in your prayers and please pass this on. Thank you.